Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast. Back again, I'm back this week. No late night pub crawls, no late night Wi-Fi cock-ups. I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm joining the lads again. Broken down into two segments this week. For the first bit, I've got Ali with me. Ali, how you doing? Hello, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay? Well, I'm, we'll get I'm into doing why all you're right. okay. We'll get into why you're just okay in uh, in a, just a second. It's not weather related this time, which is, you know, maybe one good thing. Yeah, um, the weather, look, it's winter season. I like the winter personally, but it's uh, it's not been raining. Oh, so. what's wrong with you? Why? Um, because it doesn't rain as much as, as you what guys. What time does it get dark over there in the winter? Well, daylight saving just started yesterday. Uh, yeah. Right now it's like 5.30 or between 5.30 Better and 6. So, yeah, see, here it's yeah. half four and it only gets worse. Like It sort of gets back to about four. And so it'll, I think it gets, like, yeah, it's not good. It's not it'll good get that bad in a few it. in a few weeks' time. It'll be, uh, it'll be extremely early, which makes me uncomfortable. Dismal, but... It's dismal. I don't like it. It's not turned cold yet, though, which is all right. It's sort of been okay last, last week or so, but mm-hmm. the weather's been all right. What's not been all right is Liverpool's defence, however. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into the game. <laughs> Liverpool lost their first game of the season 3-2 to West Ham uh, yesterday at the time of recording. Mm. I should just point out, Ali's doing this segment with me now because we currently don't know whether he's going to be available for when I record with the others tomorrow. So as all good podcasts should do, and we have done in the past, we're... Uh, taking due precaution to uh, avoid not having him available because I wanted to get his thoughts on this, basically. So, we are professionals, Harry. This, yeah, we, I mean, if, Liverpool, if, if, sure if Liverpool won, if Liverpool won, it wouldn't be much to talk about, but they lost and hopefully you're going to lose your mm. shit, so I want you here for that. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a few things like watching this game uh, sort of sprung to mind for me immediately and we'll get into them in a second because I, I, I sort of know that there'll be talking points that you'll be keen to get into. But just yeah. firstly, like... Liverpool going into this game had six wins, but they also had four draws. And in a couple of, the, in a few of those games, I think the the, the opposition, uh, sort of specifically thinking about the Brentford game, I think the first half of the Chelsea game, Man City obviously are a very good side, and and then obviously Brighton last week, they're all teams that have troubled Liverpool defensively. I think in transition getting into that high line and playing through midfield probably a bit more easily than yeah maybe we've seen in 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 times gone by sort of when liverpool you know won the champions league and and, and won the premier league with 99 points like i suppose my first question for you would be like i don't want to say is this a result you could see coming but like is it a massive surprise that a team that is well organized defensively and springs on the counter-attack were able to cause liverpool problems kind of the way they did in that game no um, unfortunately, it's not. So, I was I was pretty apprehensive about this game coming in because, uh, as as you do mention, West Ham are very uh, are a very organized side, uh, and especially in transition, Declan Rice Declan Rice has been absolutely incredible, and is like there was this graphic from Sky Sports where he was the, the yeah. first on first <laughs> a bunch everything. of uh, first in everything, uh, which is pretty amazing. The problem Liverpool have at the moment in transition is because we uh, we press so much, the, the pressing feels a little bit frantic to me. But part of that, I think, is the is the fact that we've had to, and it's a cliche thing, oh, injuries, or oh, whatever. 
mm. it is a real problem because we've had to rotate so much that I don't think that there's not been a sustained structure or sustained consistency of roles per player. Henderson's yeah. had to do a bunch of roles. Curtis Jones has had to do a bunch of roles. Oxley Chamberlain has had to come in uh, very suddenly without a lot of match sharpness. So I think that's part of the reason why they've been, or not only West Ham, but also Brighton, have been able to kind of cut through us very easily. However, I do feel our defensive positioning in general has not been fantastic, but yeah. our recovery from those has been it's been all right. I don't actually think that... So when you look at just from a numbers point of view, just pure numbers, we've not yeah. had many chances conceded against us. So the main issue is goalkeeping. <laughs> We'll get into the goalkeeper in a minute because he had a very very poor game. Yeah, Uh, no, no doubt about it. And and it sort of came from set pieces, which are another talking about. I'll get into in a second. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to ask you, sort of on the midfield while we're on it, yeah, is I think going into the season when when I sort of reviewed Liverpool, yes, I thought that they would regret not replacing Genie Wijnaldum. Absolutely. That doesn't mean they should have kept him because I think his form did tail off last season. I don't think he was the player that he was in the previous two seasons where they where you won the Premier League got to the Champions even previous season before that he, he was instrumental in in what he did and I think the thing is it's not necessarily about retaining him but it's about getting someone that can do his job at least half as well as he did and when I go through the Liverpool midfielders they all have their various qualities whether yeah. it be Fabinho or Thiago who's obviously been injured uh, Henderson uh, Curtis Jones the Ox Cater whoever they all have qualities. None of them are bad players, but I don't think any of them necessarily give you the balance and, and ultimately control of the midfield that I think Wijnaldum did in, in the way that he was very good at being where the ball would be cleared to. I think that was one of the sort of underrated facets of his game that sort yeah. of helped you recover and recycle possession very well. And I also think he was very effective at tracking runners. And yeah. these are a couple of things I've just noticed with Liverpool this season is they're not quite as sharp with a counter press and they're not quite as sharp I think it was more evident in the Brentford game with runners into the box rather than sort of from deep in behind like it was yesterday yeah but when I've watched them they they haven't seemed to be quite as in tune with each other when 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 dealing with those facets of the game so I just wonder like sort of going into the season like was that something that concerned you and like if it did surely you must feel vindicated in that kind of with what you've seen so far of course, and being vindicated in that is not a good thing. Um, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, I did. And I think a lot of the Liverpool fan base did. Because, first of all, we didn't see Harvey Elliott come into the midfield and perform so well at the start of the season. Then Harvey gets injured, injured and a bunch of players get injured. But yeah. also, as you do mention, uh, Wijnaldum has a set of qualities that wasn't present. Like, Wijnaldum was very, very good at hold up play and dribbling like just mm-hmm. p- do, doing those half turns and wriggling away from from players and he did it in flashes it wasn't a main aspect of Liverpool's play but it was crucial in our ball retention uh, and I, there's not that many players that can do that and also track runners um, yeah, as, see, as you I mentioned, like Curtis Jones is very yeah. good at uh, hold up play and is very uh, his strength is underrated. Well. He doesn't do the other side as well. Yeah. Henderson's been completely off form. Um, mm. Henderson's and, an interesting one for me. Yeah, like, like 
without digging the guy out too much this season, I, I, I sort of a lot of the games where Liverpool have struggled a bit more defensively, I think he in particular just hasn't been at it. And that's not to say that he doesn't have a role to play because he's still a good player. Don't don't get me wrong, but he's being asked to play a lot of minutes at an age where. You know, I don't want to use the cliche, but he's hitting the age curve a little bit. It's a very, very physically demanding role in a very, very Absolutely. physically demanding team. Yeah. These are key aspects of the way Liverpool play. And I think that because he's probably the closest fit to it, that doesn't mean he's adept to doing it You know, across every game like he's probably being asked to. But he's probably the closest fit in the squad you've got or, or had the most readily available. And I, and I just think he's struggling with it. I think that it's something that ultimately because you've not replaced Wijnald and because Klopp's only been given I think five players in the last three years it's just it's it's kind of a deeper discussion I suppose about how much you can squeeze out of a manager who who is at the top of his game but isn't necessarily being backed by those above him um mm. it, it, yeah I, I, look Liverpool is still a very good side they're still I think gonna Probably challenge top as long as it, don't get decimated by injuries but I think the reason I sort of come to the midfield first is it's kind of the one thing I saw going into the season, as well as the, the fact that Van Dijk's coming back from a long-term injury and he's mm-hmm. not going to necessarily be quite as up to speed with it as he was pre-injury. You'd just be a little bit concerned about it. Let's talk about the goalkeeper because you, you, yeah. you sort of mentioned it before. He makes, I mean, it's, to be honest with you, he, he plays a part in all three goals. Um I don't know if there's oh, one you sort of want to get into. I mean, we can start with the first one. Like, firstly, do you think it's a foul? And then no. secondly, so you don't think it's a foul, right? So, no, so no, I no, agree no, no. with you that I think that had a foul been given, he probably gets away with it and it doesn't get overturned. Mm-hmm. Once a foul's not given, I don't think it was going to be given by VAR. Mm-hmm. Is this an aspect of his game with Allison? Because he's a very good goalkeeper, obviously. Yeah, I've noticed it a couple of times where he he's struggled from corners just a little bit physically whether it be someone going and standing on him and him not dealing with it or as sort of stood out to me yesterday he didn't seem to ask any of your taller players like van dyke or matip or fabinho to to come in there and block because you often see it with goalkeepers they don't want Mm -hmm. someone standing on them so they get someone to stand in between and block that person from blocking them off and he just didn't seem to command his area now for you is that sort of a is it a longer term concern or was it just a really bad day at the office um, I, Allison's form has definitely dipped this season in general. Speaking of corners, I think this this might be a, a detail thing in training, like something that is not paid much detail into, I suppose, in terms of where who's going to be positioned where defensively and might be something that needs to be done in training. And in aerial duels, especially, uh, just just in general, uh, you've seen the Brentford game, how dominated we were in the air, and um, time West and time Ham again. As well. they're, um, they're very good from set pieces. And West Ham are incredible from set pieces. Like uh, you, yeah. Thomas Suchek, um, Ogbonna, Zuma, Antonio. Come on. Rice. Uh, at Rice, well, of course. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. chill and uh, what Cresswell on uh, on set pieces too. He's he's one of the best crossers in the league for me. But yeah, I think it's just an organizational thing in, when it comes to defensive positioning and corner and corner kick taking because it's um, it was evident we did the same mistake for the two goals. So, but Alson in general, on the other hand, I think he was 
he was very easily dominated for the first goal and was asking for it a little bit for the foul. Jurgen Klopp asking for that to be a foul, it's, it's a bit strange. Like, was it? It's it's just a jump. Like he's jumping. He doesn't put his arm out to block Allison. He's just jumping in the air in the natural tendency jump. You're not jumping off a trampoline, so your arms can be on your sides. You have to get leverage from your arm, and that's just just what happens. And yeah, he whips it I, into the near post. Um, and for the uh, the other goal, it's the same corner. <laughs> it's the same corner kick, and it's the same thing. Post. Just yeah. Allison not being strong in the air, and it's a case of Allison not being in form. Rather than anything else with that one. And for now, see, he gets something on it, but lets it go into easily. His positioning is poor. Allison in general has been conceding, and that's what I was talking about in the start. We're not conceding that many chances. We're, uh, we're like third best in, in our uh, shot created actions against per 90. Um, so in terms of. In terms of people actually getting into attacking areas in our area, we're not conceding many chances, but we do concede 11 goals in 11 games, which which makes us actually the third best team in the league, but in like in a group with Southampton. Yeah. Wolves, Brighton, Arsenal, West Ham, all those have conceded between 11 and 13 goals. Um, and then yeah. City have like conceded five or six, and Chelsea conceded four. Four. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference between the two challengers for the title at the moment and the rest is that they have incredibly strong defenses. Um and we just don't seem to have a goalkeeper on form at the moment. He's um uh, his save percentage is dipped about ten percent. His uh post shot XG plus or minus, so like hit the goals he's conceding in comparison to the quality of shots. Mm. He's ranked fourteenth in that, negative all point eleven. Yeah, it's just, I think it's more about Allison than than defense in general. But the but it, it is easier to get through our midfield for sure as well. So yeah, I, the one other thing that sort of I took from the game um, was was the high line. Now it's nothing new. I remember we we had this discussion last oh, year yeah. when you were, you were very unhappy with. I think more than anything, how easy it was to, to play through Liverpool playing with a high line. And I think part of that was kind of a physical drop-off, given how hard they played out for two years. There was a quick turnaround with COVID, and then you're straight back into a new season. And I, and I think that physically there, there was a complete drop-off in the pressing, and it was easy to go through midfield and in behind that defence. So that, that was a bit more... I think you could uh, contextualise that a bit better. For the first time, I was worried with what I saw uh, in the second half because West Ham are very organised in not just how they defend, like they're very compact in central areas. We we know this, but they're very organised in how they counterattack, and it and it and it's effective. And and sort of as you saw, they mm. had one chance and then they scored the second. And I think if you're trying to get at Liverpool, I think West Ham have provided a pretty. Now you have to ride your luck a bit. Liverpool miss, a, you know, Manny misses a big chance at the end. It could easily be three, oh, three yeah. each. Um, but are you in any way worried by the fact that in that win by West Ham, they've kind of given others a template on perhaps how to to play against this Liverpool side? I think Brighton already did it as well. Um, yeah. In the uh, who was it? Uh, Trossard's goal, the two-two. It's the same mistake as for analysis, but two different players do it. 
So in the um, in the let's start with the Brighton game, Konate commits mm. very early yeah. when he doesn't yeah. need to when the when Trossard is being surrounded, and in the Fornals goal, Matip commits too early when he doesn't need yeah. to, and the Fornals run is just extremely easy to make. So there is an element of impatience in ter- when it comes to yep yeah, pressing is good, but you know organized pressing is better <laughs> so it, it's it's a little bit too frantic at times like in the Fornals goal as well there are three midfielders pressing the same player and that was the domino effect i was talking about three midfielders press he wriggles around uh, who was it um i think it might have been it might have been antonio i don't remember um but whoever was the ball carrier at the time wriggles around those three very easily and the space is opened up. And then Matthew commits, the space is opened up. So a a high line is good when the pressing triggers are there for for every individual player. So like when not it's not a case of, oh, this player has the ball. They have an opportunity to progress the ball forward. Let's win the ball back at all costs. That's what it felt like in the Brighton and West Ham games. Yeah, a bit frantic. Just a bit, just a bit disorganized. I don't know. It, it's fine margins because I know that we're we're Premier League top scorers by quite some distance. Mm. We yeah. we have the third best defense in the league, but as I mentioned, there's this there's this little block. The difference between us and Man City and Chelsea is concerning. Mm. But I they think- are, I think they are a few individual mistakes that can be corrected rather than a systematic. It's a systematic problem, but there are small fixes for me. Mm. I, th- I think the thing as well is that, like the two teams you're mentioning, we'll obviously talk about them later in the podcast. They're very good teams. It, it's going to be a very high standard that's required to to win the Premier League this year. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. And then, uh, like hence as a result, if you show any chinks in the armory and teams start to get at you a little bit, whether it be Liverpool with the high line, whether it be Chelsea struggling to break down deep blocks, like, whatever it is, it could cost you. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. like, it it has the feel of being a really, really tight title race where, you know, a couple of seasons ago when it was Liverpool and Man City, there was one point in it. And it could easily be that again between three teams that at the moment, like, you could throw a blanket over all of them. Like, the, the, the games between them have been competitive and... There's not a lot in it, but I think of the three sides at the moment, when, when I look at it, for, for kind of various reasons, I look at Liverpool and think, if everyone's fit and everyone's firing, they're as they're, to be honest with you, I think they're the best team in the league. But mm. at the same time, if there is a physical drop-off, if there's a few injuries, I look at them and I think the weaknesses are probably a bit more glaring. than And, and, and you know, that's without even mentioning the fact that in, in January with AFCON, Liverpool are going to get hit more than... I know Chelsea lose Mendy, but... Liverpool oh, yeah. By far the most seriously with it, losing Mane and, and Salah. Yeah. And the squad depth, I, I just... I look at it. I know Origi scored yesterday, and I know he, like... He, that was a mad goal, by the way. That was a, that was a great goal. It was a goal. good finish. <laughs> yeah. It was under the lights. So, you know, he, he loves a goal under the lights. Yeah. But, that is true. Yeah. You know, he's he's first off the bench. Minamino's first off the bench. Like, the, the, unless you make any, you know, acquisitions in January, the, these guys are going to be getting a lot of minutes. Um, I've not done my due mm. diligence. I haven't, I haven't had a look at the fixtures for Liverpool in January. But, um, 
you know whoever you're playing it's going to be very difficult to to deal with it without you know the use of two of your best players quite frankly one of one of you know, your best player by far this season in Salah and then and uh, yeah it it's not about the fixtures in January because we have we've dropped points against Brighton at home that's a fixture we shouldn't be dropping points in yeah. we've dropped uh points against uh Brentford away that's not a fixture we should be conceding three goals in no so it's not about fixtures it's it's just about we're the high scorers in the league. Salah and Mane contribute a massive amount to that, especially Salah. He's the he's scored yeah. eleven goals of the thirty-one we've scored in the league. Um, and just to correct an earlier point, I say we're the top scorers by quite some distance. The difference between us and Chelsea is four goals. Chelsea have a lot of different sources for goal scoring. I say that they have like what seventeen different goal scorers this year. Salah scored a third of our goals. Um, yeah. So we we go- lose. The theory there is it's a simple you know assumption to make but we're going to lose a third of our goals and we if we don't step things up up defensively the goal difference then over that time period decreases yeah. which is a real concern I, I, yeah i mean it's not ideal having having afcon and losing a player I, like i i don't go as sort of strongly on the idea that a player having a third of your goals is necessarily a bad thing. Like I think if you look at a lot of the good teams over the years, they've had a talisman. I know Man City didn't last year. So yeah. A lot of them have a guy that gets 30, 25, 30 goals a season across all competitions. Like that's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad it thing a bad at all. Thing when you lose them for six games or whatever it'll end up being in all competitions where, exactly. it, you know, the, the, as I mentioned earlier, because I think it's going to be so tight, the slightest drop off in form you know, like if you have a poor January, that that could put pay to all, and I think that's kind of the issue I'd, I'd perhaps take with it at the moment. And it sounds silly because they've lost one game, mm-hmm. like you don't want to throw your toys out of the pram. But but we've drawn four. Not take a lot. They've drawn four, so yeah, it's just whether a slip up like that is going to cost you over a longer period. Yeah. the The question last week was, and it was whether. We've drawn too many games, um, and how how those how that many draws will will affect us long term over over the season. Uh, now we've seen how how things can go with such an organized team. One interesting thing about this game is that we didn't have any offsides. That's not something that happens, um, and so yeah, that's that's obviously. A symptom of of what went on and how organized West Ham were and how we ultimately ended up, you know, drawing a game, um, or sorry, losing a game while we've scored a, a extremely good finish by uh, Origi and a free kick from Arnold. Well, it's a few sitters, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's, but no, yeah, I, it, sim- there there are symptoms, but I think the the symptoms overall are fixable. When, when you know, when you have a bit more chemistry in in midfield, when players are starting in consistent roles, it's good to have versatility. But it's also it's also better to to have chemistry, right? Um, I think the press will will be fixed when we have more chemistry in midfield. Um, when our defenders stop making silly mistakes, and when Allison gets back in form, because I have faith in him, but. Um, the January period will be will be crucial, man. <laughs> it will be so important to yeah. to you know kind of sustain ourselves and uh, be solid defensively because we'll definitely not want to rely on outscoring the opponents because we'll lose a third of our goals. 
we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now, Ali. Thanks for joining us. Um, of course, yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, I I look forward to uh, to the Liverpool Arsenal as well. As well, there's something oh, we're don't. not pointing I'll out. I'll, 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 I'll talk about it a bit later on. We're definitely oh, yeah. going to be on the back back of a backlash as a result of that. Um, yeah, not not very not very hopeful <laughs> now. If even if if I even was before, um, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I'll uh, of course. We'll be back with the others after this. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, of course, enjoy the rest of the episode, man. We're back. Uh, no George tonight. He's unwell, unfortunately. So wishing him better. Uh, Ali's also busy, but I have got Fergal with me. How are you doing, son? I'm doing well. Doing well. Not a not a bad week. Well, okay weekend for Chelsea. Uh, good yeah, players, not the result, but in general, I'm very well. Good. I'm glad to hear. We'll get into Chelsea a bit later on. Um, there's a lot to go over from this weekend. Not not least because it's. It's sacking season, Fergal. They talk about the festive season, but what comes before is the sacking season. And I feel like we're sort of into that period, you sort of look eight, nine, ten games in, where clubs start to look at managers. And I think it's it's enough of a sample size, especially if they've been there longer than the eight yeah. games into the season or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it kind of gets to that period where clubs start making decisions and and ultimately over the weekend there were two in Norwich and Aston Villa mm-hmm. who who parted way with their managers um I, I don't know which one you sort of want to kick things off with first but, but as a general thing yeah Scott, it, this 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 is a bit of a tangent but 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 bear with me yeah it's a bit like you know yeah anybody listening to Scott Mills and he used to do the the transfer deadline day for Dayton so the idea was that it was it, it's too harsh to 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 um you know get rid of someone to 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 split up with someone over Christmas. We had a transfer deadline day in in January where it go you have to split up with them or 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 you have to stick with them through Christmas because it's not nice to to yeah. to, to to sack them on Christmas. I wonder have the Premier League clubs taken a leaf out of Scott Mills's book uh, uh, and um. Uh, Scott Mills, for anybody not from the UK, big Radio One DJ. Uh, yeah, that's that covered. But yeah, I I just wonder are they trying to get it out of the way? Do they feel it's too harsh over Christmas to sack someone? But um, but maybe that's just the romantic in me. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it might have legs to it that theory because maybe. you look at it. Two have gone this weekend. Obviously, Spurs went last week. Uh, there's been five seconds. I'm trying to think who the other one is. Obviously, I know Watford sacked their manager. I, I can't remember <laughs> who the fifth one. It's very unprofessional for me. But there's been five sackings already. So I, I think the record in a season might be ten. I want to say it was in the 2017-18 season, and they, and the, and that was the record That's, for the number that of sackings. Is high. It's half half the half of them were Watford, I think. And and, and someone <laughs> sort of so someone said in the because uh, it was sort of a tweet going. I was like, is it going to be broken? And um, one of the first replies I saw was like, well, you need Watford to sack at least three of them. Which, yeah. to be fair, you can it's see reasonable. them doing. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't look too good. Maybe to whack them a bit later. But um, let's talk about those two managers. Um, I, I suppose we'll start with Villa, just because it was the Friday night game. First game of the weekend. Um, Villa lost five in a row. Um now, like, admittedly, right, I, I don't watch them every week. I've seen sort of bits yeah. and pieces of them this season. They're, they're definitely struggling, um, you know, for several reasons. I think they've had some injuries to some of the new signings. Um, obviously yeah. struggling to fill the void left by Jack Grealish, which 
like isn't unexpected. Like if you look at them last season, and obviously they hadn't brought players in last season, but he had an injury for sort of large parts of the second half of the season, and there was a tail off in their form, and kind of everything that's coming out of the club suggests that the decision was taken because of that combined with the run they've been on this season. Conscious, it's sort of the year twenty twenty one as a whole, rather mm. than the five game period. I just look at Aston Villa and, like, I have to say, they're another club I suppose I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about because sort of in the summer it was very much, oh, they're trying to sign Smith Rowe and they beat us to Buendir and like they, they think they're going to break into the top six. But, like, hear me out, right? I don't You're going to have want. no shoulder left. You've got that many chips. I've got, them, I've got Leicester. I've got, obviously, Spurs. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, well, you'll see me on the you've, tilt. You've in a got minute. a dent in your shoulder at this stage. What was yeah, I, I know, I know, I can't help myself. But um, it's weird. So, like, obviously they have ambition. They're a huge club with a huge fan base. Yeah. But when I sort of look at it, it's like, what is the ceiling on their season? Because I don't think they're going to get relegated. Like, they've, they've no. got too many good players to go down. I know they find themselves. I think it's fifteenth in the table at the moment, which they shouldn't be that low. I, I get no. it. But I suppose what I'm getting to is the way I look at it is they're on a poor run. They've had a few tough games in there, I think. Like they've obviously yeah. played Spurs away, they played us away. Like they've had some hard games. Um, do you think they've gone a bit early? Do you think they've kind of at the first sign I've, of trouble pulled the trigger? I thought it was very harsh. And like, look, I have my, I'm not not an Aston Villa fan. We have to caveat everything, every one of these conversations with, you know, we're not a fan, and and you know, we've only seen the odd game. Yeah. I think Danny Ings is a big, big miss. If you think of it in the summer strategy of replacing Jack Grealish, Ings is a massive part of that because yeah. he's the only one that is like properly Premier League proven. Like you know, when Dia yeah, had a good, right. had an all right season in the Premier League, but it was all like underlying numbers sort of stuff. It was never like yeah, the eye test wasn't very good. Like he was yeah. getting dropped quite a bit. Like yeah, it didn't so, really like, back it up. It's like Ings is like he carries he carried Southampton, like yeah. he was the main man. So he's the one that could, if anybody could possibly step into the void that Jack Grealish is, and that's a hundred million pound void that's been left. So yeah, it's a significant void. So the fact that he's missing, I think, is pretty um, unlucky. And um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I thought it was. I think considering that. He's he's a fan. He's really popular. Great season last season. It's a big upheaval. I thought it was. Um. I, yeah. I thought it was really harsh. A bit early. To, and. But at the same time, and also it's with with both Norwich and Aston Villa. It's like right. So you've got rid of that manager. You better have a plan. That's gonna work. Yeah. Because uh, Dean Dean Smith, there's no doubt Dean Smith would have kept them up and maybe got them as high as tenth. I would have said. Mm. I, th- I think I think I think with that sort of season the way it starts, you're like you're looking to go right. By the end of the season, we want to be looking really really good. That we next season is the actual big season, which yeah. I don't think is too unrealistic to expect. But then you see all the all the stats about like the. The net spend, they're like, what is it, fourth or fifth in the past? Mm, they're ambitious. That like the they spent a lot. They have spent a lot up there, with, up there with Arsenal over the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. Um, 
So that, that that's a, like look. If you spend that much, you want to be at least challenging for the Europa League, and they're 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 not doing that at the moment. No. But yeah. I I I, 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 th- I thought in general, I thought I thought it was quite harsh, a bit mm. early, perhaps. Just yeah, it's difficult. Injury. It's difficult because I I, I have to say like, I follow a few Villa fans on Twitter. It's kind of tough to get a read off of them. I think sort of before it was done, it was very much like this is bad, like losing yeah. five games in a row is bad. Like it's kind of hard to just sort of shelve that and, and move on to the next. But then I think once they actually sacked him, it was kind of like, I think people were probably gutted for him on a personal level. As you said, like yeah. he's a fan of the club, like boyhood fan. He, he's it's actually rare to done... come across that as well. Like, it's very think, rare. I do think like it might be like something that, well, I know that like, it seemed like the Villa fans were like a bit sad to see the, see where the go, but feel like they might be they might end up pining for that sort of manager again and and i really regret that the fact that he's moved on but it wasn't like they were it seemed to be as you said like it's hard to gauge and it seemed like it may might have been like a 50 50 split in the fan base as to as to whether or not he should go or not Mm. um um but i like it's really rare like that's why as the chelsea fan i loved frank lampard being the manager and was like can, can can we try and see him through it? Because it was like, yes, the club cares about the club. That is rare to come across. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Frank Lampard, though, because that, and you've sort of mentioned it already about having an alternative lined up. Yeah. The Frank Lampard sign, uh, signing, sacking, was very much dictated, I think, by what went on in Paris. Tuchel suddenly became available. He yeah. took a couple of months out of the game and then he was there and, and ready to step into a job. And ultimately, yeah. it was it, it sort of became a race to get him. There was a few clubs at the time who could move their managers on, whether it be Arsenal having a wobble with Arteta or Spurs with Mourinho. There was a yeah. few sort of circling. And I think Chelsea just went, bang, we're getting him. And they got him. And, and with Villa, you sort of look at it, and Nor- we'll talk about Norwich in a minute, but with Villa... They must have someone lined up who, in their mind, is an, a, a steadfast and immediate improvement on what Dean Smith was offering and ultimately they felt had to offer. Because if they don't have that lined up, then the decision's wrong. Because what they can't do is sack him, fumble around for a few weeks, whether it be get someone on an interim. Yeah. And we'll talk about Newcastle in a bit, but like that's one of the things I think they've really cocked up over there is... They, they 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 set the manager and they've they've kind of messed around for a few weeks. Yeah, but Villa can't do that. Villa need to have someone in place in the dugout in time for the next game because I feel like if they don't, it's going to go down really poorly with with the supporters. Even yeah, if they it, it also gone. like it, the, the way that they're talking about like in the way that they're being run like there's like a, you know we're sort of doing things right and we have a plan and all like that is the general thought like we like we're, we're behind schedule of where our plan was that's the general feel of, of mm. what they're saying so if you sack someone you should like you should be having an appointment within a week and yeah. the name that's being banned about is uh, on the heavy link is Gerard Gerard yeah and I think that's a great point I think it's a great move for I think he Gerard. takes it I think it's a great move for Jared. I think it'd be stupid not to take it. It's 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 on. It's it's a big club, uh, you know, well backed and a, a a solid mid table top half team. That's it's it's ideal. Um, you know what it is as well. Like the way I look at it is, Stephen Gerrard, No doubt, his long term ambition will be to manage Liverpool one day. Yeah. Like I have no doubt that's the job he wants. 
And I also, I also think he's sorry. I think he's timing it perfectly because I could see. I think you're looking like you're, whenever you sign for a job, you're looking like no more. I don't think you look any more than three years in advance. Mm. So I think if you add the three three year rule to this. I think the Liverpool job is ready. Well, for him it's because Klopp year. said he's going to go, isn't it? At the yeah, end yeah. of his current contract. Yeah. So you can line it up. Probably, it, it's funny with management. You're absolutely right. Like it's quite difficult to look too far into the future because you like things can change so quickly. Often it becomes who who gets appointed as a manager. Literally, it becomes about who's just been sacked or who's out of a job. Or yeah, it's all timing. And I think with him, it might be easy. And you've seen right so. Patrick Vieira had a really bad reputation as a manager. He wasn't particularly well thought of at Nice, right? He's come into the well, Premier League. He he, he I, certainly I, didn't have a good he didn't have a good reputation. He he might not have. He, he, was, he wasn't being proclaimed as the next like Guardiola or anything. Right, but, but he's come into the league. He's like, he's like he's an okay manager. He's not. He's an okay manager. Right. Yeah, it, it still works because my point was going to be he's come into the league. He's done really well with Palace so far. Who knows yeah. where it's going to go from here? Yeah. But they've done really well so far. Their underlying numbers are excellent. He's getting touted for the Arsenal job. He's like, if Arteta got sacked, yeah, he yeah. seems to shoot in at the moment, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's a similar sort of thing with Jared. If he takes the Villa job and he's in the spotlight, because it's one thing sort of doing it off in Scotland and beating, you know, let's be honest, a declining Celtic team and there's two teams going for the league. Like, it has its merits, but there's probably only so much you, you, you can sort of prove up there. Even if he stays for a couple of years more and wins a couple more titles and... You know, maybe he does well in the Europa League. Like, I, I still think there's only so far you can go. If he comes and takes the Villa job and gets them into Europe, I think that already like outweighs anything he's done to date and and possibly could achieve up there. So, I, I sort of agree with you. I do think it's an attractive proposition for him. Um, but that's just me talking. Like, that doesn't mean he'll take it. I, I like, I don't actually know what the kind of signs are. Like, they've they've, they've I, contacted Rangers, I think. I but... I. I think if the job's offered him, I think he'd be stupid not to take it. Mm. Um, I think it's 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 a pretty safe job, well invested, a club with ambition. Um, so he he he's the chance to impress the likes of Liverpool, and with all these jobs where you're a legend at the club like Lampard, you only have to prove that you're a good manager. You don't yeah. have to prove that you're an elite manager. That's been proven. No, that's right. And then you, the legend status takes you on to that, 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 the fact that you are a top manager then, or like you're perfectly suited for that club. So he only, he only has to not mess up at Villa. That is, mm. that is literally all he has to do, I think, to get the Liverpool job. Um, and, and like, so get like a top half finish and, you know, get, you know, beat, maybe beat Liverpool once, you know, that, that, that yeah. would, that, that would get him the job. Yeah, my world. Now, now, for Villa, on the other hand, yeah, from their perspective, I think it's a risk. I think, like, Dean Smith has has been solid up until now. You, as you said, they had a poor spell when ever Jack Grealish wasn't in the side. That they're basing it on that with this spell. Yeah, I think I think that's a risk, but um, like I think look, Jared's one of the league that. From from the the Rangers team that he took on, it was helped by the fact the Celtic were terrible, yeah. but really really impressive. E- even if it is in the Scottish, yeah, he's still got to do it. Yeah, he's still got to do it. And um, and so I think he probably is a good enough manager to to manage Aston Villa. But um, 
it it and it it does seem like a good fit. Like everything seems like on both sides. But I think it's it it is it's not as like clear cut uh, as an improvement from Dean Smith to Jarrett. But with time will tell. Mm. Um, but it's it's that it's it's a bit more. A bit more exciting just because it's Gerard, but at the same time, if you're a Villa fan, I don't know. Is it feel it feels like they're roughly the same? If it, like a, a person that absolutely loves your club and is a, a good manager compared to a Premier League legend who's coming up in the manager game, mm. it it feels like that they're kind of the same thing, and it just happens that Dean Smith was on a on a poor run, um. We'll we talk about briefly about Norwich then. Let's do Norwich slightly, yeah. So Norwich is a different one for me. Yeah. The decision itself doesn't surprise me because I think it could have been taken a number of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always questioned their ambition and, and don't get me wrong, like they might be happy with what they're doing in terms of they get relegated, they they have a sustainable model where they grow young players, they can sell them on for profit, they can go again and they can get promoted pretty much every time. Like they dominate the championship. Um a big part of that has been Falk. He's gotten them promoted twice. Yeah. Um, I suppose I was surprised slightly by the timing, but then that kind of, I suppose that speaks, because they just won a game for the first time this season. Yeah. They must have been lining someone up or speaking to someone, tapping them up for the entire week before that, because I just, I, I, like, it really, I really struggle to believe that they win a game. I know it's the international break. That's probably the other thing. Although, to be fair, like, my theory of the international break, like, Maybe for a side like Norwich, it's slightly different because they don't have as many internationals. I don't know. I don't know what their squad makeup actually sort of how many go away. But if you're a new manager and you come in, you like you, a lot of the players probably aren't there. So I, I feel like the importance of it's slightly overinflated. I suppose it's only because you get sort of an extra week. I think, but, it's, I think it's literally just time for the admin side of it. Yeah, to, that like, yeah. Putting the manager like yeah, I suppose that that's it. But w- with Norwich. Look, they've been really poor this season. Um, that they're, they're, they're struggling. I mean, they did win at the weekend. It was a very fortuitous win, but a win nonetheless. Um, I suppose the, the thing is, I don't think the playing squad's particularly great. I don't think it's the worst in the Premier League era, like they were bloody headed for before they, before they won a game. I mean, yeah. eleven points of derby. That I, I'm old enough to remember that side. It was woeful. Mm. Um, they're not that bad, but. I sort of feel like whoever they had in charge, it's going to be very difficult for them to survive. You know, the name's getting linked with a job. I mean, Dean Smith not going to take it. He's just been sacked. I think like the big favourite is Frank Lampard, which obviously sort of must be interesting for you. Yeah. You know, I was like, is this a good job for Frank Lampard or, or is it, is it not? And I was, and people are saying like, well, they're going to get relegated. If he steps into it now and the way the, the club is is anybody gonna is that gonna tarnish his reputation him getting relegated with Norwich it's a difficult it's such a difficult one isn't it I, I, it, like... I don't know if it will and, and like just, well, just to briefly touch on Fark I think it, it was time for him to go and I, and from what I read I read an article on it with the Athletic and they were sort of hinting at the fact that he maybe he'd made a few he, he made a few subtle digs at like how the transfers weren't good enough and all but mm. Norwich had heavily invested and um, and they were they were expect like invest more than the last time in the Premier League, and they were yeah. were expecting more better returns, um, yeah, more more returns. And um, but Lampard is a strange one because 
the thing is Lampard I think you have to treat the Chelsea job as an anomaly and you have to like, you, I, I also like, think the Chelsea job like the, the way I've assessed the job Lampard did at Chelsea and obviously you might disagree like he was there for a season and a half right yeah. I don't think you can argue with the fact that in the first season he did a pretty good job. Like at the start yeah. of that season, nobody expected Chelsea to finish in the top four. Now I know Arsenal and Spurs were particularly poor, which kind of helped their cause a little bit. Yeah. But if you look at it, they just lost Hazard. They're on a transfer ban. The squad, like he brought through Tammy Abraham and he brought Mason Mount into it, and there yeah. were some young players and Reese James. Like there were some young guys that made their way into the squad and did well under his tutelage. He got them to an FA Cup final. I think his issue was, and you're sort of seeing it to a, it's a different like model, but you're seeing it with Solskjaer this season that as soon as expectations go up, he's struggling with it. When expectations are low, yeah. nobody expects Chelsea to do anything. I think Lampard was fine, but as soon as he was given a war chest, there's 200 million, we want you to go win the title, win the Champions League, that's when he struggled a little bit. Now, the, with... o- the other thing with it was is, um, well, we've talked about this all before, but like, um, the more, the more in hindsight you look back in it, it's like he was. The thing is about Lampard, just from a, a manager perspective, like he definitely made mistakes and stuff like that. But the, his personality that comes across, like he's big on working hard, and he's also known for being quite intelligent. Now I don't know if he's emotionally intelligent, yeah, which, which is really important. Like the man management side of it, I, I, it's quite definitely question marks over that side of it. I feel like, and I've, I've heard him in interviews, he's done a, a good podcast, or a couple of good podcasts, actually, Um, he, he's been on, uh, on interviews. And the way he comes across is he's very self-assessing. I feel mm. like, and it's something that I, I, re- I recently actually went through a couple of Italian manager CVs, so Ranieri and Conte, because they've just been appointed. Yeah. Conte, like, had a, disaster of a season in Serie B Ranieri I mean you can like the list is is, is ridiculously long the yeah. teams that he's been at and there's other Italian managers like that and I- Italians are big on not judging a manager on their early failures mm. and stuff like that and I think with the type of character Lampard is that he will look back assess himself look at himself and go where can I improve? Which is all you can ask for. And I think that's maybe like where like the likes of Mourinho have gone wrong, and they don't look back and go, "Where can I improve?" So yeah. I, with with all with all that, I think that Lampard. I'd be surprised if Lampard doesn't become a better and better coach the more he gets. And yeah. if and like everybody called it from the beginning that it it was early. I felt it was too early, but I was like, it was like it's Lampard. I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna yeah. you know you just have to go along with that. And um, and within within Chelsea, I just thought that like there was a lot of transfers that were out of his hands. The there was the Zeek signing that was done, and then the the Harvard signing. I think the Werner signing definitely felt like it was planned for the summer. The Harvard signing was like no one else's money. We're we're gonna go get him. That one felt like it was it was a bit um, it wouldn't have happened, or the Zeek signing wouldn't have happened. If they knew they could get Havertz, there's a bit of an unbalance there, um, and stuff like that. So then, so basically, like you, you can see, say that in the second season that things didn't totally go his way. He didn't 
it, it, they weren't all his like personal choices for signings. I think he might have wanted Declan Rice, something yeah. like that, yeah. and that would have been big for his system because we didn't really have any big six, uh, yeah. or any perfect six for 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 the role he wanted. Mm. So, yeah, so that, that that's a bit background to what my opinion yeah. on, on Lampard are. So going into this job, yeah, I'm first of all thinking is this a good job for Lampard? I think it might be because even if you go down, you've got a, a club that is, is willing to back a manager even if they go down. And I think because they're in the position they are, they'll be like, look, as long as you're not absolutely terrible, as long as there's maybe some improvement, that we'll accept that. And, and they'll want to continue to play a certain way. So yeah. I, I, I think that they'll, they, they, like, it, it, it could suit them in that they'll go back down Still, they should still have a decent squad, and if he doesn't get them back up, well, then that would be like, well, you're not good enough, a good enough manager. But mm. if he go, if he brings them back up, then he's got another chance. And I think I also, I also would, think would allow him all that time. If he if he takes him down, he, he and he and he doesn't bring him back up, he he's making his mistakes out of the spotlight a bit more uh, compared to if he comes in and takes a bigger job in the Premier League and yeah. say gets That's I true. don't know like. Say he took the Palace job instead of the air and got them relegated. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be much more of a blot on his CV yeah. than taking Norwich down and then not getting them back up like that. The Championship's a dog of a league. Like it's it's competitive. Like yeah. there's no guarantees. So I, I I do agree. Like I think that if he if he is appointed, I think the credit he would get for taking the or, or keeping them up, which is going to be difficult, obviously. Oh, that, far it, it, I think it goes down quite high on like the like. I, I, that would be an, a, a that'd be a bigger achievement, I think, than getting Ch- Chelsea in the Champions League. I think it. I think I was gonna say. I think it far outweighs what he did at Chelsea, but also far outweighs the negative press that would be associated with him taking them down. Like, I just don't think you when they're ten, eleven yeah. games into the season with five points, you know, yeah. like a lot of the sort of groundwork for them getting relegated has already been laid. The, the other thing, is, if he comes in, he will get the best out of Billy Gilmore. <laughs> he's not and been playing, is he? He's not been playing. I saw Tuchel was, uh, was sort of kicking you know, off about what, Watch him get a man of the match for Scotland this week. Um, yeah, and, and like I think that he would. Um, I think yeah, I think he'd bring come in and and he would. Billy Gilmore would be straight in, which would be great for Chelsea. He might even get another Chelsea loanee in, which yeah uh, may or may not help help Norwich out. Um. Yeah, I um ho- hopefully he likes the Irish lads, um, <laughs> but yeah, I it's it's an interesting one. It, like there's there's on the odds there's some fella, uh, can you say that name? The Knutson. I, I don't know how you say the first name. I heard of him. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. And the only <laughs> Knutson I know is is he he's the, he's the CEO of Statsbomb. The manager market. He, he, he's he's Bodo Glimpse manager. So the, oh no way. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that, just ask Jose about him. To be fair, and and uh, I'm sure that, he, he that's needs to speak highly of him. Favorite. But I, as 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 far as I know, Lampard has actually been approached, or there is. It's yeah, it's, similar uh, to the Gerard at, at Villa. Yeah. Sort of, he, I think obviously slightly different in the fact that he's not a club, so that have to deal with anyone on, in I, that sense. I, I also heard an interesting fact. I don't know. It was it was by Football for All, the Twitter account. 
Not one yeah. of the party ones, which have been popping up and are <laughs> very funny. They um, certainly have, yeah. Um, but um, it, they, they said that if Lampard was appointed, it'd be the first time that a manager has more network or more worth. I saw that than, than the owner. It's like he's, owner. he's worth 66 million and she's worth like 23. 20th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith. So Amazing. That would be that would be interesting to, to say. <laughs> Can we get any signings for January? Um, it's, well, it's also dip into your own mental, pocket, you know. <laughs> it's mental that like uh, I suppose it's already kind of happened, but like you know, like with like Sofer and stuff, but like potentially like like a manager or a big profile, like Messi could easily buy Messi could probably buy his old club back in Argentina. Yeah, you know, like Neil's old boys or something like that. Like um, it's um, it's it's mad that like you know. Football managers could buy and sell their own owners. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, let's move on uh, from outgoing managers to an incoming manager who mm-hmm. got appointed yesterday, and Eddie Howe uh, stepping into the Newcastle hot seat. Talk, talk to me about this one. Where do you see this in terms of is it a good appointment by Newcastle? Does it fit with what they need? Um did it take too long? Like, just talk talk to me about this appointment. I I think I think it I think it's a good appointment. Um, it's maybe not. It's the only thing is it's maybe not definitely securing their place in the Premier League. Yeah, I agree that would with be that. my only thing about it. It's it's like anyhow, he's definitely been in a relegation battle before and he's done well. So the the thing is, the plus side of it is that if they do stay up. We've got a manager who's going to try and implement a positive style of football. That, yeah. Like you want that implemented as soon as you can, because then it's 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 harder to then change it from another style of football. And you want Definitely. a positive style. If you want, if you have, you've got aspirations of winning the league within ten years, you want to have. You don't want to have to go through that transition phase. So you want a positive. I, I totally get. There's no good appointing Big Sam till the end of the season. He keeps you up, then just sacking him, bring someone else in, implement new ideas. You might as well start looking forwards. I do agree with that. I think yeah. my 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 reservations with Eddie Howe, and and he did he did good stuff at Bournemouth. Don't get me wrong; they were a very competitive side in the league, and and, and they were decimated by injuries in, in, when they got relegated. Like they were very unlucky that season. Yeah. What I would say is they were notoriously porous at the back. Now that was partly to do with personnel, and it was partly to do with structure. When I look at Newcastle, the biggest pitfall of that team by far is the defense. The defense is mid-table championship level. It is so poor, it's incredible. Like, I think beyond the next couple of windows, none of those defenders are going to be there. They are so far short of the standard yeah. that's required that it's not even funny. But, so when I, so when I look at them, sorry, just to say, like, they, they need to start not necessarily keeping clean sheets, but being harder to score against, being harder to beat. They're conceding way too many chances, way too many goals. And they're not going to get up the table. They're on five points at the moment. If they want to start climbing the table, they can't be conceding two, three, four goals every single game. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree. The only thing, I, what the other point about how is going to say that. So if yeah. they stay up, they've got a plan. Mm-hmm. If they go down, they've also got a manager that's got promotion. But yeah, like, the, the plan shouldn't shouldn't change too much. No, uh, the, the biggest thing I think them is not i don't think like as like they're always going to get a 
good, decent manager in. So I think the thing that really matters is their January transfer window. Yeah. Like, like, because they were always going like once they move Steve, they're always going to, always going to move Steve Bruce on. They're always going to get in a top level manager. The one at Unai Emery, he turned them down. You see, that confuses Eddie me a little bit though on, on Unai Emery. Yeah. Firstly, because he he couldn't coach a bloody defense when he managed us. But 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 more to the point that I, I don't see it. What how you go from Emery to how? I, like I I think it's just look, literally looking for a certain caliber manager. Uh, yeah rather than style uh, style and like yeah and sort of go, go, i think you're probably right picking your and manager and then going well. right where do we go from there yeah well i think how's actually the better appointment if you want to if oh, you no, long term i have nothing against emery personally but like if any I, I was sort of speaking to a couple of newcastle fans i know and they were really excited and enthused by the prospect of him. And I sort of said, like, his defence, like, when, when he managed us, it's the worst I'd seen ever, it, like, supporting after. It was so bad. And your defence is terrible. So while he's doing good stuff in Villarreal, crikey, like, I don't think he'd suit Newcastle. I, I think Howe's a better appointment for them. Um, I, the thing about Howe is he's notorious for maybe not getting the transfers right. They are bringing in... Yeah, there's a few M- of with some misses there, wasn't there? Solanke and I, 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 I saw some Liverpool manager or Liverpool fans licking their lips and going, going, how to Newcastle, right? We'll take this is how we finally mi- get Divock Origi out of the club. Yeah, they, they, they were saying we'll take, we'll take 50 million for Oxford Chamberlain, uh, 30 for Divock. They're trying to sell the ox to us in January. I mean, they're, tr- <laughs> they're trying to get him yeah, out of the, the door. They, um, they, they were licking their lips at the thought of how to a new, you know, a load of money. Eddie Howe at Newcastle. So, well, I they're apparently bringing in uh, Emanalo. I think I'm saying yeah. Name. He was um, at Chelsea, wasn't he? He was at Chelsea. Who, he had a mixed time at it towards the end of his career, but on the whole, I think he, he's quite a savvy director of football. Definitely better at transfers than Eddie Howe. So, if they get him to sort out the transfers. I thought um, that was the most important appointment they could make. Maybe that's why they yeah. took a bit longer with it, with the director of football. Um, because when you're looking to grow upwardly and do things smarter than the guys above you, like, don't get me wrong, a manager is important, but recruitment's going to be key for them. Like, so much of that squad needs to be overhauled that it doesn't matter who's the manager. Like, if it's Eddie, if it's Eddie Howe and, he, and he's notoriously dodgy on transfers yeah. and you don't have a good sporting director working above him, then so, there's, there's only so much you can do. What you were saying about, like, I think... I, I think their biggest problem is, is centre mid more than anything else. Yeah, I, they're poor I, there as well. I mean, they're poor in a lot of places. But I think centre I, mid I, I, doesn't I, help them. I look at centre back and I go, if you're playing a three at the back, you've got Lascelles, you've got Fabian Schaar, who's, in my opinion, he's always looked like a like a decent player. Um, not been playing, is he? He's not been playing though, and I don't know. I may, like again. I, I I choose not to watch Newcastle every weekend. <laughs> um, so, but like any time I've seen him, he, like he pops up a goal with Switzerland and stuff. He's one of these players you're like, right, so good international. Doesn't do much defending. Yeah, well maybe, <laughs> but in the back three. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. But like, and then, uh, and then there's a got, unit. Like, I have everyone else is like these solid like. Um, Premier League players like like or not solid Premier League players, but experienced Premier League players like Kieran Clark and stuff like that. But my so I'm thinking you get one centre back in. I think there's 
there's two solid ones there. So if you have a good system, you should be okay. Then, then like Lascelles was being talked up massively, but before he's fine. No, he's, he's... And, and he's fine. But that's what I mean. All you need is a solid centre back, and then maybe someone else alongside him. Fullbacks are dreadful, and and I agree with you. The centre mids, by the way, the centre mids are, are terrible. Like Joe Willock's gone there, and, I, and I, I said to Newcastle fans, he's not good enough. He's not a good centre midfielder, and and John Joe Shelby and uh, Jeff Hendrick and. And all yeah, these other so, guys, so, so, they're so, not good yeah. enough. So you have these, like, I think it's the centimeters in front that were probably lacking. Like, none of them are, to me, really scream out as, like, a, as like he's solid. He'll he'll screen the back four really well. Like, like the best one at that is, like, Isaac Hayden. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, yeah, I, I don't really rate, like, Hendrick, saying that Hendrick, Hendrick Farrell in the last couple of games has come a bit better, but like all of these players for Newcastle, they've all seen they've all the you've they've all seen better days. They've all been like had a good spells at being solid Premier League players. And yeah. obviously they've Canamus and, and Alison Maxman up front and and they they are really good players and like that they, they are gonna have to carry the team. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other players there are they're just solid. And I it, if you if you get a manager with a good system, I feel like that team is good enough to stay up, especially with the with Sam Maxman and Wilson up front. And then if you are now that Eddie has the manager, he's worked hmm. with Richie before, he's worked with Wilson before, he's worked with Ryan Fraser before. Fraser so, left him. He uh, that's going to be an awkward reunion. He downed tools on him during a relegation battle and then left at the end of the season on a free. Well, may, <laughs> maybe, but he got him to get a hell of a lot of, of assists. So. Like it, it potentially. That's no, I take point. your point. It like that, and that's I'm one three there. And that's I, another I, thing. That's I. I think. I think they're like if they got three really good signings in. So like, like two centimeters. I don't really rate any of their centimeters. Huh. Like maybe four. So like I know fullback, center back, and mid midfielder in another position. I yeah. think. I think it is if they sign right. Like they got the likes of like a Tarkowski and um. One, I think that would leave Burnley and uh, a relegation side, oh, like in in a poor position. Um, yeah, I, I, that's better. a good strategy. Rage your competitors, and like if you if money doesn't matter, if you can spend two hundred million without. Um, well, one one thing I actually read was this the Swiss Ramble. Uh, the if you need to know about finances and football, Swiss Ramble on Twitter, yeah, brilliant. Go to. Um, he mentioned that although their spending cap is around two hundred million per year, because of the way accountants log transfers, which is your it's your, the 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 transfer and the wage, um, divided by the amount the years at the club. Um, so mm-hmm. if it's a hundred million transfer and it's a five-year contract, you're only putting down twenty million for that year. Yeah, so that means in theory they could roughly do like six hundred million. They, they could they could really go for it if if they balance the books well. I'm and... so glad they're starting from such a poor position because, like, yeah. it is scary the amounts that they could go on to spend. But um, we should probably move on. Um, yeah. I think Eddie Howe be alright for them. Yeah, I, I, like I, I think it's it's a good... it all depends on Jerry. I, I genuinely don't think the the manager in that like because they're always going to get a solid one. 
Yeah, I, I think it all depends. I don't know. I don't know if they could have done in. much better. If I'm honest, like I, I just don't think the appeal of the job. Like Emery turned it down. Conte is never going to take it. I just don't no. think the appeal is there yet. When people look at that and go, ninety from the table. Look at the squad. Don't fancy many of those. Like I, I just don't but, think that. Yeah, that's why I think Eddie. Has everyone wants the job next. Everyone wants the job yeah. after this one. That that's the thing. Um, Eddie House, I think, is a great appointment, even if you do go down. And, yeah. And, and um, I think you just be patient with it, and and you you'll you'll be all right if you're in Newcastle. Oh, they've set the championship uh, points record. Sorry, Dick. Mbappe <laughs> uh... in the championship. That'd be incredible. Yeah, Mbappe and Holland in the championship would be all right. Um, let's rattle through some of the games of the weekend before we finish. Um, I've got to relitigate Chelsea. I, I couldn't believe it when I uh, I saw the result. I rewatched the game. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting one with Chelsea because. You could argue this result was coming, but it probably shouldn't have come in this game. Like, it was pretty much total domination. And then Burnley just basically sucker punched them for not finishing it off. And Ross Barkley yeah. being greedy on a couple of occasions. I, f- I feel like this might have been, like, you know, our luck in previous games. Penance for the Brentford game. Yeah, it was It was like luck coming back to, to bite us. And, and, like, you know, we, it turned out being un- unlucky in this occasion. But I think that's all it was. And, uh, like... It's it's a poor poor result. We got lucky with it though, with the result with Liverpool. Yeah, um, like and you had players we, missing we, again. Like it's it's one of those where we, we gained the point and um. It depends how you look at it, doesn't it? Because obviously, then you say, well, we could have you know gained three on them, but yeah. But I I think like in in it, you're always gonna have these games, and I'm at this point in the season, I'm I'm more focused on the performance. We absolutely dominated them. Yeah. The only thing you could point to is like maybe not starting the likes of Barkley and starting someone else. Then we've we've had a couple of injuries. This is the other thing we're we're in a we're, we've got a good run of fixtures. To be in fairness, but we are missing Lukaku, Werner, and um and a couple of other players like Kovacic and stuff like that. Mount so, didn't play, did he? Or he came as a man, sub. Man's just come back from injury as well. Yeah. He's and, sorry. And he's he's, uh, he's having full wisdom, wisdom teeth out. Yeah. yeah, he's just got his wisdom teeth out, and yeah. in his in his um in his, I was gonna say drunken state, but you know drugged <laughs> up on on morphine whatever they give you. He, yeah. he said um he said that uh he, he was looking at his wisdom teeth and goes, we should sell could could we sell them on for charity? It's some would pay big money for them, and I think in fairness, um, he's 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 a bit drugged up, and he and he was making a joke as well. But I, I find it's very funny if you, if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, I I thought I thought Chelsea. I'm not too worried. In short, nah, it's a bit. Um, I think it's a fluke. Like you saw, Man City lost to pa- uh, Palace the week before, and, it, and, we, and we got good, a point. But... So if you're thinking Man City, whenever that happens to Man City, they've lost a game. We've won, We've got a point out of it. Yeah. And it was a really good performance. Um, yeah. And it was like even the Man City game, there's there's some question marks over. It was for Chelsea. It was one lapse in an in in an offside trap. Rudiger just step back, um, w- one step too much, and and and, 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 Ber- yeah. and Bernie took the chance. Um, yeah. And um, uh, but we sh- we should have won the game. Uh, Ross Bartley missed a chance. Maybe should have passed it off. Should have passed it to Chilwell. Yeah, yeah and um, I thought Hudson Adoy, although he made a, the chance for himself, kind of, you know. So, mm. but all, overall, really good performance. And Tuchel, had, it was really encouraging to hear Tuchel, like he was like, brushed it off, no big deal. 
it's okay. Your mm-hmm. performance, I'm very happy with it. Burnley were very lucky. So yeah, but it, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and it's um, I think it was just a freak result on City. Quickly, I mean they absolutely battered United. I mean, I don't know what more there is to say on United that they're incredibly poor under Oli. Um, like it's obvious for everyone to see. I, I thought in many ways that was actually worse than the Liverpool game because it was like, I know it was only 2-0, but I've been there watching Arsenal against Man City where they get 2-0 up and they just take the piss. I think Pep said after the game, like, they hit the ball in the fridge. Like, it was, that second half, it was so damning. The distance between the yeah. two teams is just, like, incredible, really, but given they, they the relative spends. Chelsea as well, like... Um... And we were lucky to get away with the result that we did. It's um, weird with City, isn't it? Because some of their performances this season, like they obviously they beat incredible. us 5-0, they battered you in, in everything but score. They probably should yeah. have beaten Liverpool. They battered United. Like they look so good in some of these games, but then they lose to Palace and they draw with Southampton and they lose to fucking Spurs. Like they've had some weird games they've slipped up in this season and when you've got three teams I said this to Ali in the, in the bit we recorded yesterday like when you've got three teams that look as good as they are like any little slip you just don't know like it could be fatal and I like with City I look at them their performances have been the highest level of any team I've seen this season yeah. but they've also had more blips you know they've, they've lost more games than Liverpool and 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 uh, Chelsea to teams they shouldn't be losing to so it, yeah, it, it, but they were really bloody good. I mean, it's yeah, it's quite scary, really. Some of the performances they they put in. Um, yeah, and you know, it helps to when Eric Bailly's putting the ball in the back of the net, and <laughs> it got him um, off to a good start. That you know, look, yeah. look, maybe he done it for the Instagram post. Maybe done it for the for the for the. I not believe that. What what the hell was yeah, he doing? That was, that was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. you saw that. I don't know if you've seen the interview with the guy that just sort of was talking about the. He does a social media for yeah, some of the yeah. United players, and it's Hard just like, oh, it's just awful, isn't it? Like they, they'll <laughs> they'll get a graph twice a day on on you know what's happening on on social media for each player trying to win an election, as Gary Neville said. Like it's it's incredible. Like the the, the way that the language he was using to des- describe what they, what they're doing with players' social media. I'm not suggesting you leave it to the players because some, some can't be trusted. But like, well, just well, enough of um, the platitudes. I saw that um, Bruno Fernandez tweeted good vibes. Yeah, it was the Martinelli thing. Martinelli. The, yeah, uh, and it was clearly like the you know the social media manager logged into the wrong account. Mm. and posted Martinelli's photo on Bruno Fernandes' uh, account. So, yeah, shocker. Absolute like, shocker. That's what uh, you get for, for not doing it yourself or, or, yeah, or trusting exactly. these fools to do it because, you know, that's when it can go wrong. And, and trust me, people <laughs> people weren't in the mood to see that after that performance yesterday. I don't think they want to hear anything. If if I'm honest with you, like, when it, no, whenever we get beat... There's a big disdain from, for for when it's not authentic. And, like, you saw that with Harry Maguire getting... It doesn't... It, I, saw, I read Maguire's thing, and it was, like, this sort of, in their mind, perfectly crafted apology tweet. And it just... It doesn't mean anything. It, it means nothing. Like, I know it's easy to just say, show it on the pitch, but, like... People don't care for apologies like that when you've it, just been absolutely See, see when it's this bad, I genuinely think if Harry Maguire came out and just called it as it was and just said, swore on live TV and just went, it's just shit. 
and, and we yeah. need to do better. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go now. I genuinely think that's a bet. That is better. Uh, like, like, look. If he just went, it's really shit. I'm sorry. We're gonna. We are trying our best to do better, and we need to do better. Left at that. I, th- I think. I, I think, think. I think that's better than any. Do, do you know what it is, right? Problem. I think in a roundabout way, that's what he was trying to say with with the Man United uh, Liverpool one, where they no, lost five 0 that's, that's what I mean, though, Harry. Like. If you say actually say it how it is, I know. In his interview after the game, he said something along the lines of, "I'm here because I have to be." Now people took that as he he doesn't care, like he doesn't want to talk about it. But I think what he meant was the interview means nothing. We've just been hammered five nil. Like whatever I say here means nothing. I'm only doing it because I have to be doing it. But it it was like really poorly judged, you know, like. he he used the wrong words to describe what you as you said. Like if he just goes, Do you know what? It was shit today. There's nothing I can say here that, that yeah. changes that, but we're working to improve it. But you know, like I just I think footballers we you can sort of you can underestimate just how thick some of them are, unfortunately. <laughs> That's why they've got guys running their uh running their this, social this, media. This, and, and like it's the other thing, it's like you see what I do find that just on a broad note that like like they're clearly intelligent but in a different way like that yeah. like you talk about like like there's all like there's different ways of being intelligent and having a high IQ like having amazing spatial awareness is is a really high IQ and yeah. and like really practical way of being intelligent but whatever comes out of your mouth mightn't be the most articulate thing and and that's I suppose what I refer to yeah, yeah. and but the the you see that in pundits. Like Ashley Cole, one of the best left backs ever, clearly knows the game inside out, and yet you hear him speak and you just like yeah, I can't listen to this. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to him. And there's awful. so many, there's so many footballers like that, and it just goes to show that, like you know, like Harry Maguire definitely knows a lot more about football than us two and anybody yeah. else. But and and he definitely does care. But it's it's just uh, it, it's really hard that. to be articulate, yeah. come across charismatic, and, and it and it's, I think it's, people just want authenticity. It doesn't have to be yeah. the most That's true. Uh, intellectually uh, crafted, no, I, uh, whether it be social media, whether it be the interview. It doesn't have to be the most perfectly worded thing. But I think fans have a very I, good I idea of what's if, authentic. If, if what you isn't. lose five 0 to Liverpool. Swear on live TV, and nobody, everybody would just respect you more. Uh, yeah, and like, it's, Sky would be like, "Oh, sorry, to the apology." They'd be loving that. They'd be like, yeah. they'd be, they'd be clipping up it, bl- yeah. putting the. It'll be in. what they're showing in ten years on fucking the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. They'd be loving exactly. that. Yeah, they'd get another go out of the retro YouTube channel. They'd be loving it. Uh, yeah, and, no, and absolutely. All that. So like, yeah. There's a tip tip for any PR companies. Look, I'll only, uh, look, I just take. Just go completely the other way. Go from like superficially professional to wildly unprofessional, and you might have you might have struck a better balance. <laughs> if, if anything, you, you you pick a strong-minded character in the dressing room. Tell them to say whatever the first thing that comes into their head, preferably a swear word, and then at least at the very least you've got another story that's going to take it away from everything else. <laughs> this is brilliant. I think we've nailed it. Um, before we finish, I, I wasn't on last week for the for the Conte discussion. Um, okay. My overriding oh, yeah, feeling sorry, is sorry, I can see that chip in your shoulder as well. Yeah, yeah here's another one. one. Here's another one. 
uh, like in in around like in a very quick summary, I wish Spurs didn't have Conte. He's the best manager they could have at the moment, and yeah. they're lucky to have him. However, zero shots on target again at the weekend. One of the worst games like I, I've had the mispleasure of watching back on Match of the Day. I mean, what a drab, turgid, dull of it was so predictable as well because you knew Everton having lost on Monday night were going to be you know hard to beat, yeah. if, if nothing else. And it was just dire. Like Kane is in, like one of my mates who's at the game, so he's just awful at the moment. He's so bad. Yeah. Spurs like Conte's going to get them well organized, right? He'll get them probably working a bit harder. I don't. I don't buy into this idea that they're going to be pressing ridiculously high because they've been one of the laziest teams in the league for two the, years the, now. The other thing is, like, Conte is been like he's big on having a preseason. And, That's what I was gonna. Uh, so I, I wasn't on last week. Yeah. That's what I would have said. Like he's always been big on a preseason, and he's been big on. He did really well at Juventus and did really well at Milan, but he had a huge turnover of players. Didn't mean he spent a lot, but he got his players. Now, yeah. at Spurs, obviously, he's not going to have to do those things, not immediately anyway. And so he's kind of going to have to muddle through. And they're lucky in the sense they've got a decent run of fixtures, and he might be able to get a few wins and sort of make make do till January. But he's not going to get them, like, smashing teams on a weekly basis. I don't no. I just don't... Like, the players aren't suddenly going to turn into technically very good footballers. He's not going to turn Eric Dyer into a good defender. Like, like there are just things that uh, go I, I beyond his control. Wise, and perhaps maybe goalkeeper, though, we, they, they are weak. Um, and, and he might and be able to hide them. Like, I think Conte's yeah. quite good at masking the deficiencies of a team. I, I, think, but... I think the midfield and forward line, the first team for, of that is, is very good. The, with the Preston thing, if that's something that he's really, really big on, like, I was reading that, like, he's he has like his own fitness coach and stuff, and and um, it, you know he's never come in, or he doesn't like coming in middle of the season. And so, how do you work that that trying to keep in the article I read? It was big on getting players lean, which maybe explains how uh, Lukaku got so fit. Like the physio, the, the guy he's brought in is is the is the one that got him on a diet, Lukaku. Didn't yeah. yeah, got him on a specific diet. And and but got him lean. That that was the goal that they were going for. So, yeah. how quickly can you get players the body condition when they were previously apparently very relaxed? How quickly can you then do that? Um, for mid season, mid mid season, it's it's really difficult. It is difficult. As I said, I think he'll get them well organized. They, they look, they didn't concede many chances on Sunday, but. I hope they lose every game, quite frankly. But like when I look at it, I think that his hands are tied. And until he gets some of his players in, until he gets to work with them on a sort of over a long, and I know it was only a few days. He's only been there a few days. Yeah. But my my feeling was exactly the same before that game. It's exactly the same after it. And to be honest with you, it'll be exactly the same if they win the next four or five games, which are winnable on paper. I still think there's a ceiling as to where he can take this team. Like it might be fourth if Man United carry on the way they are. It might be they they get back into that sort of group challenging for the top six. Whereas I I honestly yeah. think under Nuno they they were primed for a bottom half finish. At, yeah. at, at like and I don't think it's exaggerating to say that. I was absolutely no. loving it. Um, but yeah, like nothing I saw on Sunday did anything to change my mind that 
there are deficiencies there that I think will cost them with or without Conte there. The, the other thing, like the only thing that we could like really say is if, if Kane then rediscovers his form, and I think out of all the managers available, someone as good as Conte is the only one that maybe make Kane interested again to to really go for it, like f- like feeling that like the club's been backed to, to properly to to win a trophy. Um, and also, does he reach a stage with Conte? Do you think where if he doesn't get a tune out of him before Jet, well, going into January, do you think he has been given the assurance that not necessarily he can sell Kane, but he commands kind of the the general responsibility over transfers? If he goes to January Levy and says, "I can't work with this guy. He's not giving me anything. We need to sell him, cut our losses, get fucking whatever we can I, get now, I, and I move him fair- on." Is it realistic? Fair, I think it's fair to say the only reason Conte would have taken this job is that he would have been given assurances transfer wise. Yeah. But, but whether or not that's like stretches think, to selling to, players to, to, to like to complete control or yeah, we'll give you a, a, a lot of money to to spend. It's in, just difficult. Yeah, it's difficult to see him putting up with Kane, carrying on the way he is. And I'm not just talking about not scoring goals, but the thing he about, heavy the thing looks about Conte, the pace. Is he, would, he would just drop him. Yeah. Especially if he's if he's got a forward line of of like Son and and Lucas Moura who are yeah. who are like trying their best, I can see him working with them and going right. And you can sit in the bench. You yeah. can not get your move because you look terrible and you're old mm. and injured. And that's what everybody's going to see. Uh, and glorious. You know, this is just glorious. And, and or you can jump on the bandwagon and get back to the form that you were previously on. And, yeah, you know that. W- I think I think it, it Kane is key to where, to where how well Spurs do this season. It's early enough in the season that they could, or maybe if United hold on to Solskjaer, it is feasible. It depending on how well they do, they could get top four. But yeah, like need, they're not that far back. Kane would need to be incredible again. Yeah, uh, for that to happen. Before we go, Fergal, you got a big game you're, you're attending over the international break. Yes. I am go I'm so excited for this. I'm going <laughs> to the first full capacity uh game in the Aviva Stadium. Portugal versus Ireland. First time seeing hopefully seeing Renato well. I say hopefully, I wouldn't mind if Ronaldo wasn't playing. Um but uh, first time seeing either Ronaldo or Messi, which is a big deal in itself. But first an even bigger deal is first full capacity stadium uh for an Ireland game since all this COVID shit. I was going to um, say, like the restrictions have been a bit different, haven't they, with getting people back into the ground? Yeah, and stuff. Uh, Ireland are Ireland are a bit more slightly more stricter than the UK. It's yeah. Similar rules, but ever so slightly more stricter. A bit slower to to bring back full capacity stuff. Um and um, I I I I'm really I'm really positive about this game. Good. From because we, we can twit this up after you lose five 0 well, yeah. Get your reaction to it next week. We we've got good results in the in the last round. We've got a lot of our main players fit now. Seamus Cummins back, um, and we've got this big crowd. And I think, and it's a big team that we're playing against. I think it's going to be a really tough game for Portugal. I think if we if we if we if we manage the first half without Portugal scoring, I think it's going to be similar. It's going to go a similar way to the previous result where we were one nil up until very late on, and then Ronaldo got two in the last um, few minutes. 
I mm. think if if we can hold out for the first half, um, we'll we'll be we'll we'll be we'll be in for in for a good result. I think Portugal are in for a really tough fight. The fact good. that it's first full full capacity stadium, I like I'm I'm so buzzing to be at it. I might, I might get really emotional if we get a result of this. Well, <laughs> just, <laughs> this is is the first time out of COVID. I feel like, like I, if we get a result, I, I honestly think I might cry. There we go. See, okay. there you go, guys. We're all primed for an excellent podcast next week. Uh, getting Phil's reaction to all of this. Well, like, I mightn't cry on the podcast, but no, no, no. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and record. Some I want you recording your your reaction at the game, so you can play it back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. As as uh, Shane I, I, Duffy heads one home from a corner in the ninetieth minute. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not getting goosebumps now, but I was literally just I was just sort of daydreaming in the last couple of days, thinking about thinking about a last minute winner, thinking about like the previous Shane Long goal versus Germany, and and I was literally oh. getting goosebumps and and like and like. Oh my god, I could be there because I I don't go actually go to that many actual football matches, especially big ones like this. I've been I've been to Ireland um probably maybe ten times or so. Uh, we had we had one season ticket once for all the qualifiers, um and stuff like that. But um I don't I don't go to too many football games, so each one is quite important. Uh, and like um this one especially, well I, I'm hope I hope it's going to be a good one. Good, you have my support in that. Uh, best of luck for it. Um, thank you for joining me as ever, Fergal. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week to get Fergal's reaction to the, to the big game. He's uh, why did I pick it up? Why did I? He's, he's bigged it up. Look, you gotta love the the passion from the man. No, he's t- pumped t- t- up. T- I'll take a I'll take a, a page out of uh, FJC's book, and I'll I'll be positive. We're, we're gonna do Good. them. We're gonna do them. Go big on it. Go big on it. You go big on it, mate. Thank you for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers.